Was the 2019 draft class really as bad as we thought it was at the time? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And the 2019 draft class kind of looks a lot more impressive now than it did at the time. So let's rewind a couple years and think back to leading into the 2019 draft. Uh, The top of the draft was perceived to be pretty good. And I think that even for the standards of a typical draft class, the 2019 draft was very productive. So your top picks in order, number one overall to the Orioles, catcher Adley Rutschman. It's really hard to argue with the choice of an Adley Rutschman. Uh, Spent 113 games up this year. You'll remember he got debuted because of a minor, I think it was a triceps injury. So debuted May 21st. And on the season, 254, 362, 445. 13 home runs. 36 extra base hits. The man was a doubles machine. Struck out 86 times, walked 65. Cumulative was 5.2 war for the Orioles. Was seen as a fantastic receiver behind the plate. Good at game calling, good at handling a staff. And ultimately just above average offensively, OPS plus of 130, as well as Uh, plus defensively behind the plate, and really was one of the motivating driving factors towards the Orioles contending for a wildcard spot this year. Uh, He was the number one overall, and it was seen as a kind of a slam dunk, right? So he goes to Oregon State. He was actually drafted in the 40th round in 2016, a round that doesn't exist anymore. But the consensus was, He's going to go to college. He did, went to Oregon State, and he was seen as the absolute uh, surefire, no doubt, number one. So definitely worked out. Number two was Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, Was drafted out of high school, uh, Coleyville Heritage High School in Coleyville, Texas. Uh, Number two overall pick to the Royals and debuted this year as well. Didn't have as eye-popping offensive numbers as Adley Rutschman did, despite having the entire season. So, uh, played 150 of 162 possible games this year. 254, 294, 428. 20 home runs, uh, 37 extra, sorry, 57 extra base hits, 37 plus the 20 home runs. Uh, and stole 30 bags to seven caught stealing. So had a not only a 2020 season, but a 2030 season. I believe him and Julio Rodriguez were the two rookies to do that. And split his time between short and third. Part of that was Alberto Mondesi was there at short when the season started. Part of that was after Alberto Mondesi got hurt. Bobby Witt defensively wasn't the best at short. Uh, kind of making you know some of the some of uh, us prospect people wonder where do we get it wrong as far as his defense. There's been conversation about do you play him at short next year? Do you move him to third? Uh, 
uh, try to, you know, how do you mitigate that defense? We'll see what the Royals do. They now obviously have a new general manager as well as a new uh, club manager. So we'll see what they do. But was worth 0.9 war. Offensively, he was worth about three war. It's the defense that pulled him down to bring him only worth one war uh, for the entire season. But hard to argue with with a 20-30 year out of your number two overall pick. Number three, and a guy that we didn't talk about a lot on this show because he actually debuted last year and lost rookie eligibility last year, was Andrew Vaughn. Uh, drafted number three overall, plays outfield and first base for the White Sox. Uh, was drafted out of um, Cal. And for his career is even on war. He had a little bit of a negative war in 2022 and a positive war in 2021. So cumulative stats for his minor, like for his major league career. He's got 261 career games at the big, so two full seasons. He debuted in April last year. Uh, cumulative 255, 315, 414. Uh, all of those numbers improved in 2022 from 2021. His 162 game average comes out to 20 home runs and uh, 52 extra base hits, 31 doubles, and a, a one career triple he hit in 2022. Uh, stolen bases, not a huge part of his game. He's stolen one base and two tries. Uh, but plays play, has played left field, has played right field, has played first base, played a little tiny bit of second base and a little bit of third base. But uh, he is primarily an outfielder and a first baseman. So again, we don't talk about him a ton, but obviously he's worked out. He From taking him in 2019, he's already gotten two full years under his belt. Number four prospect in the 2019 draft uh, was... Outfielder J.J. Blade taken by the Marlins. He came out of Vanderbilt University, made his debut this year in, on July 23rd. So he's the only one in the top six, I believe, that has a negative war for their career so far. Uh, batting average in 65 games in Miami, 167, 277, 309. Uh, hit five home runs, had 17 extra base hits, and stole four or five bases. Uh, has played center, has played left, has played right. Marlins fans tell me that he's been a little bit below average in center as far as as far as overall defense, range factor, things like that. I admittedly have not seen a ton of Marlins games with Blade in center. Uh, it is surprisingly difficult when you cover the minor leagues to watch big league baseball games, believe it or not. So haven't seen a ton of those, but from what I've read, from what I've seen, was a little bit below average, and that's kind of where... You combine that offense with the defense, that's where he's been worth a negative 0.5 war uh, in his major league career. Number five prospect, took a while to get called up due to injury, but outfielder Riley Green of the Tigers. 6'3", 200, was drafted out of high school, uh, but made his debut for for the, the year. 93 games is what he got. 253, 321, 362, five home runs, 27 extra base hits, was one for five on stolen bases, which I think is a little bit surprising. We expected him to be a little bit better than that, uh, but has contributed 1.4 war in his time in the bigs playing center field, has looked, from what I've been told, has looked perfectly fine. Offensively, OPS plus was 99, so just about league average. 
For center field, he's actually a little bit above average. Center field's one of those positions where your average offensive profile is a little bit below average. Kind of like how you have to move up a first baseman. He has to have 110 OPS plus to be average. In center field, you actually can get away with being average for your position at somewhere around 95 OPS plus or so. So technically slightly above average. Uh, Not a bad pick at number five as far as outfielder Rodney Green to the Tigers. And then number six was outfielder C.J. Abrams, then drafted by the Padres, now a Washington National. Reminder, was moved in the Juan Soto deal, one of the many pieces that was shipped from San Diego to Washington as Juan Soto changed clubs. Uh, But uh, he was also a high school guy to Roswell, Georgia. I believe this was the first draft that had two two Georgia guys in the top six picks. Uh, He's been worth uh, 0.2 war this season. He actually got big league playtime in both San Diego and Washington. Uh, Looked better in Washington, second half of the year. He got 46 games with San Diego, 46 games with Washington. So the overall slash line is pretty much an average of what he did. 246, 280, 324. Uh, Seven stolen bases and 11 tries. Two home runs. 16 total extra base hits. Of those 16 extra base hits, nine of them came with Washington in 44 games. Um, Slash line was 258, 276, 327. So incrementally better, but better in just about every facet. Uh, Defensively, he's, he's held his own at least. He hasn't been phenomenal, but he's been above average. Played a little bit of outfield, a little bit of second base, but mostly shortstop for the Padres, and then Washington didn't play him anywhere but shortstop. So uh, this is actually one of the few drafts that you will see that the entire uh, the entire top six all made it to the bigs. Uh, oftentimes, you'll have one or two players. Go back to like 2016. Riley Pint uh, was the fourth overall pick. He is still in the minors. He's not on the top 30 list. Austin Beck was the sixth overall pick in 2017. Still in the minors, not on the top 30. And so, obviously, just the fact that you had all six hit means that this class right there has to be considered above average. In just a minute, I want to get to the pitchers in this class. This was considered, like I said at the top, a historically weak pitching class. And I want to look at some of the standouts and where they are. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Roan. Uh, We've talked about the Deion Sanders quote before. If you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. When you play good, they pay good. We've talked about that. But listen, Roan makes clothing. And they make very comfortable, very well-made, very good clothing. This is a Roan shirt right here. Uh, And it's just something where the dress shirt, right, radical reinvention was required. Uh, Roan has stepped up the challenge. This is their commuter shirt. I'm wearing it right now. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this wonderful blue commuter shirt right here. It is by far, as somebody who has worn dress clothes for work for 20 years now, it is the most comfortable, it is the most breathable, and it is the most flexible shirt I have ever worn. Okay? It's got comfortable four-way stretch fabric. This gives you the breathability. This gives you the flexibility. Uh, it is good for the office, uh, the bank, 18 holes of golf, uh, uh, happy hour afterwards. Whatever you're trying to do, this shirt is going to be comfortable and flexible so you can do it. 
Uh, it's also going to look good because it has wrinkle-free, like, because it is wrinkle-free. It has wrinkle-release technology. The wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. Very easy. And then no matter what you do in it, whether you're sweating, whether you're not sweating, whatever you're doing, it has Gold Fusion anti-odor technology. So you will be smelling fresh and clean all day long. On top of that, it is 100% machine washable. So you no longer have to pick up and drop off dry cleaning every week because this does not need dry cleaning. So the commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan, R-H-O-N-E dot com slash locked on and use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort and upgrade your closet with Roan. Use code locked on to save 20% at Roan, R-H-O-N-E dot com slash locked on. Okay, so we talked about the hitters, the top of the draft. These guys are supposed to be the prospects that are going to hit. And with a few exceptions, most of those first rounders hit. Those were all hitters. This draft was really interesting because this was the lowest that you have seen a pitcher taken in kind of the modern era of the draft. The first pitcher selected, left-hand pitcher Nick Lodolo out of TCU, 6-6-2-0-2 to Cincinnati, uh, made his big league debut in 2022, got just over 100 innings at the big league level in 19 starts, so averaging just over five innings per start. 366 ERA, 4-7 record. Uh, don't hold that completely against him. Part of that was the team he was on. The Reds weren't very good, didn't win a ton of games in 2022. But 131 strikeouts to 39 walks. So about 11.5 strikeouts per nine, about 3.5 walks per nine. A little bit under both of those marks, but that's kind of where it, where it rounds to. Gave up 13 home runs. And part of the issue and part of the question and why Nick Lodolo was the first one picked but picked at seven versus a little bit higher is kind of considered one, not going to be an ace. There was questions about the overall quality of the stuff, right? So slider was the only real plus pitch that he has. Works against lefties and righties, kind of a tight, late-breaking pitch. Uh, you know, not a big, big horizontal sweep or just late, late darting movement to it. Um, he, he plays that off of a fastball that is, I'm going to call it an average fastball. It's a big league fastball, but it's an average fastball, 93 to 96, which for a lefty is good velocity, but he throws a sinker, he throws a cutter, he throws a four seamer, and he kind of uses them all interchangeably. And so he can manipulate the look of the fastball coming in at you. The speed's around the same for all of them but he can manipulate the look. The changeup, it's gotten a little bit better. He can use it against lefties and righties. He can spot it really well. And then the curveball, is that's a little more sweepy. Uh, I'd probably call it fringe to average. The thing here is the control is plus. He can put these things just about wherever he wants to. Uh, he is very He's comfortable against both righties and lefties which is not something you see a ton. So I think he's going to be a reliable number three, number four. We saw his numbers this year. 366 ERA is nothing to, to be mad about, especially from a rookie. And 
potentially could grow into something more if you can see a little more improvement off of a secondary. Again, fastball's only average, sliders plus, you get something else to a third, you know, to, to be a prominent third pitch, and you might be able to stretch it to a number three to number two. Who knows? But either way, Nick Lodolo, perfectly fine. Alex Manoa was the next pitcher drafted. Was drafted at number 11 by the Blue Jays. And Alex Manoa is a machine. 6'6", 270, big boy, came out of West Virginia. Made his debut in 2021. He's pitched two seasons now. Cumulative just, you know, just around 300 innings. But in 2022, 16 and 7, 224 ERA, the 196 and two thirds innings. 180 strikeouts to 51 walks, so about eight and a quarter walks, uh, eight and a quarter strikeouts per nine, and about two and a quarter walks per nine. But when you look at Manoa, it's something where power pitcher, um, fastball can run up to 98 or so. It's got a lot of tailing life to it. Slider's a plus pitch. That's kind of his put away pitch. And something where uh, changeup is, is kind of the work in progress that he's working on. Uh, and then command of the fastball a little bit. And I think that's why you don't see as many strikeouts as you'd love at the big league level. Um, but absolutely is a good pitcher. Keeps the ERA down. 2-2-4 ERA is phenomenal. One of the big reasons why the Blue Jays were contending for the playoffs is because Alex Manoa was taking the ball every five days and putting up 2-2-4 ERAs. So after that, a couple guys here you may or may not have heard of. Uh, Jackson Rutledge, number 17 to the Nationals. Uh, he is he has not debuted yet, uh, but he is a top 10 prospect for the Nationals. We had him as high as number two last year. Took a little step step back when he was promoted to high A last year. And then in low A this year for 20 games, had a 490 ERA. A little bit more work to do. We're not quite there yet. It's fine. He has plenty of time to get there still. Quinn Priester of the Pirates, 2019 First rounder, number 18 overall. 6'3", 195 out of high school. He spent most of his year in AA Altoona with the curve. Uh, 15 games, 4-4. Four and four. We don't care a lot about win-loss in the minors. 2.87 ERA. 75 and a third innings. 75 strikeouts to 22 walks. Because he threw that third of an inning, he comes in just under 9 strikeouts per 9 innings. Uh, 8.96. Walks, uh, 2.63 per nine innings. So strikeouts are right where we're looking for, uh, you know, because kind of kind of a minimum floor of a strikeout per inning in the minors. Uh, walks are definitely we're right there around that two and a half per nine that we're looking for. Only gave up four home runs in Altoona. Got two games in AAA Indianapolis at the very end of the season. Uh, nine and a third innings, 10 strikeouts to seven walks. I expect him probably to go to open the season next year at AAA, but Priester's a guy that you could see at the big league level sooner rather than later. Go along with that. Zach Thompson, left-hand pitcher of the Cardinals, uh, was, was I'm not going to say was not drafted to be a starter. They had him start in, Mem- in AAA Memphis in 2021. He started, a, started 19 to 22 games, but in 2019, he didn't start a single game after he got drafted, and this year, he didn't start all of his games. 19 games in the minors, uh, 10 starts, 9 in relief, and then he got called up. 22 games in the majors, started one as an opener. So 22 games in the majors, 
34 and two-thirds innings. So he went multiple innings on multiple occasions. Uh, 27 strikeouts in 34 innings to 14 walks. So seven strikeouts per nine, 3.6 walks per nine. Numbers not quite where you want them, but 208 ERA, which is what ultimately matters for a reliever. Your walks, your strikeouts, not as important as do you keep runs off the board when you're coming in in relief. So if they were losing and they put him in, there was still a chance for them to win that game. If they were winning when he came in, he got the hold, he kept them from necessarily losing the game. And it's something where the Arsenal is, you know, he had he had some shoulder issues, and so uh, the fastball velocity backed up a bit. Um, the curveball kind of backed up a bit. That's kind of why he's been in relief versus starting. Uh, control hasn't been amazing. You saw the, you didn't see, you heard the walk numbers when it came to the big league levels. And so could be anywhere from, I mean, they may turn around to the side to use him to try to build him back up into a starter. But at this point, I very much see him as being a reliever. He is a reliever now. He is a lefty. If he can improve the velocity some, uh, and bring back the swing and miss and the strikeouts, you're looking at a guy that, you again, you may move back into the rotation. But as of now, he's an effective reliever. He pitched in 22 games with an ERA of two. That is definitely something you love to see, especially as a reliever. You have one bad inning, and your ERA could completely explode for the season. So... Two ERA means he avoided the big blow-up innings. And ultimately, what more can you ask um, from a guy who was who was drafted three years ago than to pitch in the majors with a two ERA and don't allow a blow-up? Uh, last couple guys that were drafted there in that first round, as far as the top, you know, top six, seven pitchers, George Kirby of the Mariners uh, was was drafted number twenty overall. Uh, we've talked about him quite a bit. Came out of Elon. We actually named him to our all-rookie team. Spent most of the season up in Seattle. 25 starts, 3-3-9 ERA, and 8-5 and record over 130 innings. 133 strikeouts to 22 walks. 9.2 strikeouts per nine. 1.5 walks per nine. Uh, gave up 13 home runs. Not a fantastic number, but if you break it down, for a starter... Perfectly average. That's one every, what, 10 innings? I feel like one home run every other game isn't the worst kind of number in a world there. Uh, Fastball, tons of velo, sits 99 or so. Very little effort to it. Can spot it wherever he wants. Slider's a plus pitch. Misses bats. Curveball's above average to plus. The changeup likes to fade away from people. Plays really well off the fastball. He disguises it well. It just, the control on the, on the changeup isn't necessarily where it needs to be. But overall, his control, very good. His command, very good. You can see when he misses, he misses by very little. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. I don't know what else you can ask for for George Kirby. Probably, if I had to guess right now, if I had to put something on it, I'd say he's the second best pitcher on the Mariners right this second. So you love that. Number 24 prospect, um, or number 24 draft pick. Top pitching prospect for the Guardians, Daniel Espino. Again, can't be mad about drafting your number one pitching prospect in the first round three years ago. Uh, just finished up, a uh, uh, got four games in double A this year. Finished up a year where he wasn't available a lot. So look for, make sure he's healthy. And then hopefully we can see more of him in 2023. In just a minute, 
I want to get to some of the best prospects outside of the first round because we know the first round, those guys are more likely than not to make the big leagues. But after the first round, that's where you can really separate the value and the depth of a draft class. And we'll get to that right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So we know that first rounders are likely to make the big leagues. Outside of the first round, so starting at the second round, second rounders have a 51% chance of appearing at the big league level. So half of all second rounders never make it to the bigs. And that number just gets lower the farther that you go. Uh, When it comes to non-first rounders, you have a 9% chance of making the big leagues. When it comes, if you're not in the first round, and that is heavily weighted by the second and the third and the fourth. Outside of that, there's you're looking at maybe one guy per round when you get to the back half of the draft. And only 9% of players in any given draft will actually put up a positive war, meaning they'll be better than average at the big league level. So let's look at some of the best prospects that were not first rounders in the 2019 draft. I've got four for you here. If there's somebody that you think is worthy of inclusion that I don't mention in these four, leave them in the comments if you're on YouTube or send them to us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can also email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. We'll we'll read your email, your comment, uh, and present your player's case on Monday in the mailbag. So, first guy uh, not drafted in the first round, that is the best guys in the in the draft, the 20, 2019 draft, Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. 6'3", 195, was taken out of Morgan Academy in Selma with the number 42 overall pick, signed for $2.3 million. Spent most of this year mixed between AA Bowie, AAA Norfolk, but got about 35 games in at the big league level. Big league numbers, 259, 348, 440, four home runs, 12 extra base hits in 34 games, one for two on stolen bases, struck out 34 times, walked 16. So struck out exactly once a game, walked every other game, kind of where that's kind of like the, you know, the ceiling that we're looking for is no more strikeouts than once a game. So did that, can play anywhere in your infield, second, third, short. I think that he's I mean, he's got a plus arm, so he has he has the arm for third. He has the range for short. He has the quick hands for second. And then I think the power is is plus. His overall power potential is plus. He hit 19 home runs in the minors this year, so just just over 100 games. He hit 19 home runs and had I want to say about 40 extra base hits. Just trying to do math in my head real quick. About 40 extra base hits. And so you've got the power. You've got speed. You've got defense. You've got an arm. uh, You have good contact ability. I mean, thrown into the fire in the middle of a playoff push. And he hits 259. So, you know, with with an on-base of 350. So that, to me, is all five tools at at least above average if not better. If I had to say if there's any one of them that was not above average, the hit tool might kind of just be a 50 grade, but I could definitely take an argument for a 55 grade on the hit tool. So right there, Gunnar Henderson, everything above average. 
Uh, really like what he does. Going to be really exciting to see what the Orioles do this year as far as figuring out shortstop, third base. You've got Jorge Mateo. You've got tons of other guys in the system who are about ready to come up. What are they going to do? That's going to be really interesting. Next guy, and probably the most prominent so far of the minor leaguers that have uh, already debuted, is Michael Harris of the Braves. 98th overall pick, drafted in the third round. 114 games in the big leagues this year. 297, 339, 514. He's probably going to win Rookie of the Year over his teammate Spencer Strider. Uh, But hit 19 home runs, had 51 extra base hits, and was 20-22 on stolen bases. So he missed a 2020 season by one home run despite only getting 114 games at the big league level. To go along with that, played plus defense. I believe he was not nominated for a gold glove in the National League. I felt like he should have. He's he's probably the first runner-up in the gold glove nominations for the center field. Phenomenal hitter, like I said. Going to probably win Rookie of the Year. If not, he will be second place. And when you were looking at him in the draft, part of the reason he fell is they didn't know if he was going to be a pitcher or a hitter. As a pitcher, the scouting report was he could hit 93 off the mound, uh, throwing throw, you know, throwing as a lefty. Uh, curveball looked really good and showed promise. And he was considered to be more questionable at the plate than he was on the mound. You can see him using that arm for the Braves now, having a, having a cannon out there in center field, and what he's been able to do with that. And so... Uh, the, the biggest thing that surprised me, I think, from this entire draft was probably how low we were on Michael Harris's offense. He does have holes in his swing. You can get him on like a chase in the inner half, things like that. But for the most part, very good offensive player and much better than we saw. And I think that's kind of why he lasted until he did in the draft by the Braves. Uh, my pick for breakout player of 2023 I'm going to make sure I get him in fantasy just about everywhere. Vinny Pascantino of the Royals. 6'4", 245, was the 319th overall pick. 11th round out of Old Dominion. Got called up this year. 72 games. 295, 383, 450. Hit 10 home runs. Had 20 total extra base hits. And this was after he hit, in April... In AAA Omaha, he had an 1197 OPS with 12 home runs. Uh, started off kind of slow. His first 20 games was were slow, and then he absolutely picked it up. And if you go back and you look at some of the stats for Vinny Pascantino, average exit velocity, 95 miles an hour. Hard hit rate, 60%. Let me give you a list of players that had a 60-plus percent hard hit rate and a 95-mile-an-hour average exit velocity in 2022. Aaron Judge, end of list. Now, Jordan Alvarez and Giancarlo Stanton averaged 95 miles an hour or better on exit velocity as well, but only Judge hit 60% hard hit. The first 20 games Vinny Pascantino was up, he also did that same thing. After the All-Star break, 52 games, 328, 409, 489. So seventh in baseball and batting average. Counting stats weren't all there. He had a shoulder injury, but this is something where, I mean, he drew he drew 35 walks to 34 strikeouts. So he walked more than he struck out at the big league level. He was only one of eight players 
with 250 plate appearances that did that as a rookie on the Royals. So uh, he's also very good against lefties, which is fantastic. 352, 446, 407. Now all of his home runs came against righties, but very good against lefties as well. And so he got shifted 93.2% of the time. Only seven players got shifted on more than Vinny Pascantino. When he wasn't shifted on, his weighted on base average was 422, which again, would only only people that would beat him would be Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez. I He doesn't pull a ton, um, especially not grounders and things like that, but he's going to benefit from the shift. He is still above average as far as a pull hitter goes. So he is going to benefit greatly when they eliminate the shift next year. There are guys that I always make a point in fantasy to try to grab early. Uh, they usually end up being first baseman. I got Jared Walsh in 2020, uh, very late in my draft, if not on the waiver wire. I drafted Matt Olson in 2022, which I won my league, so can't be mad there. But I picked up Christian Walker off of waivers when the season started, and he was my second first baseman. He, he, was, in, he was in my DH spot all year. Vinny Pascantino is a guy that I'm either going to wait a little bit later and take him earlier than he's projected, or I'm going to make him as my second big hitter and have him in my DH spot. And if you do that, you're going to win your fantasy league. Fantastic week this week. We're going to finish up. We've got World Series games all week if it ever stops raining in Philadelphia. If you have questions for the show, reminder, we do mailbags on Monday. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.